In today's brief, we'll talk about so-called hungerophobia, Wagner's financial struggles, and what's really going on with the German Taurus missiles. I'm Yulia, and today is Monday, August 14th, 2023. You're listening to the Ukraine War Brief podcast, where we bring you up to speed on the war in Ukraine in about 20 minutes or less. Let's get started with the news in Ukraine from the front. The General Staff of the Armed Forces of Ukraine, GSAFU, reported that over the weekend Ukrainian forces destroyed 11 Russian tanks, 30 Russian armored fighting vehicles, AFVs, 45 Russian artillery pieces, 7 Russian air defense systems, and 1,090 Russian soldiers. Aw, sad. In the Eastern Theater of Operations, Russian forces failed to achieve any tactical-level successes near Kupinsk, in the Kharkiv Oblast, despite efforts to carry out assaults in the area for weeks. Operational Command East spokesperson Serhii Cheravati reported, quote, For a long time, they have been unable to make significant progress there, even at the tactical level. We have built a competent defense, and our grouping has been reinforced with reserves. We know the leaders of the Russian units and their plans, and we are defending ourselves based on that. End quote. In the Black Sea, a Russian warship opened fire on a cargo vessel en route to Ukrainian port of Ismail. According to the Russian Ministry of Defense, MOD, Black Sea fleet forces fired so-called warning shots with automatic small arms to stop the Sukra Okan cargo ship, which was flying under the flag of Palau. Russian forces then boarded the ship and reportedly performed an inspection before letting the ship continue on its route. Investigative project Informnapalm asserts that the Russian MOD made up claims about firing warning shots and inspecting the vessel, reporting that the Sukra Okan declined to comply with Russian demands and instead changed course towards Turkish waters. Moving on to the home front. A Russian attack on Kherson Oblast killed an entire family on August 13th when a shell hit their home in Shirokabalka, 10 kilometers from the front. The youngest victim was less than a month old, in fact, 23 days old. And while her 12-year-old brother was initially hospitalized in critical condition, doctors were unable to save him. Seven people were killed in Kherson Oblast on August 13th, and 13 were injured. Authorities proclaimed a day of mourning within the oblast. The Financial Times reported that the ethnic Hungarian community in the Zakarpattia Oblast in the west of Ukraine is distancing itself from the increasingly pro-Russian Prime Minister of Hungary, Viktor Orban. Zakarpattia is a diverse region in the Carpathian Mountains, and Hungarians constitute the largest ethnic minority. Hungarian rights have often been a contentious issue, fueling conflict between Hungary and Ukraine for years, particularly concerning education in their native language. Orban has accused Ukraine of fostering so-called hungerophobia and has repeatedly threatened to obstruct Ukraine's path to EU and NATO membership over it. Hungerophobia? Huh. What other dictator have I heard that from? Can't recall. Ukraine did enact a law in 2017 that limited certain minority rights, including education, reportedly in an effort to bolster national identity. And at the time, it garnered support for Orban from the Hungarian community in Zakarpattia. However, since the full-scale invasion in February 2022, most ethnic Hungarians in the region have changed their minds. 
Former deputy governor of Zakarpattia and current member of the Ukrainian Armed Forces Yaroslav Halas stated that Moscow had attempted to inflame ethnic tensions by orchestrating an attack on a Hungarian cultural center in the region in 2018, and that evidence indicated that both explosions were executed by Russian or Russian-aligned groups. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky demonstrated his lack of patience with military abuses of power, stating after a meeting concerning the inspection of territorial recruitment and social support centers that, quote, we are dismissing all regional military enlistment officers, only those who know exactly what the war is and why cynicism and bribery during the war are treason must be in charge of this system, end quote. Attaboy. Next up. Temporarily Occupied Territories Members of the Russian military got into a shootout with Russian-aligned Chechen soldiers from Ramzan Kadyrov's Ahmad Brigade in a village near Mariupol on August 11th, according to the advisor of the mayor of Mariupol, Petro Andrushenko. Quote, according to one version, the Kadyrovites got drunk and shot civilians and members of the Russian military. End quote. Seven civilians were reportedly killed in the incident. Andrushenko also reported that partisans destroyed the Russian base in Mariupol, burning it down. Aw, sad. There was no further information available at the time of recording. Ukrainian special forces conducted a raid on the left bank, that's the occupied bank, of the Dnipro River on August 8th, during which they used a Russian radio to call for help, and when Russian reinforcements arrived, Ukrainian forces were able to capture the Russian commander, Major Yuri Tomov. Very early on the 12th, 17 Ukrainian drones struck a Russian military base at Novoozerna, near the city of Yevpatoria in occupied Crimea. According to the Ukrainian Security Service, SBU, the drones targeted tent camps, vehicle parks, and fuel storage facilities used by Russian troops, reportedly killing or wounding dozens of soldiers. Damage assessments were still underway at the time of recording. Russian officials admitted that there had been a drone attack on the base, but claimed there were neither casualties nor damage and that Russian air defense had shot down 20 drones. That's 118% of the drones reported launched by Ukraine during the attack. The math ain't mathing. Speaking of not adding up, let's talk about the Russian Federation and effectively occupied Belarus. UK Defense Intelligence reported on August 13th that there is a possibility that the Kremlin is no longer funding private military company, PMC, Wagner Group following their tiny weekend coup. And as a result, the mercenary group is, quote, likely moving towards a downsizing and reconfiguration process, largely to save on staff salary expenses at a time of financial pressure, end quote. Aw, sad. Another fire was reported near Moscow on August 13th, this time at an industrial warehouse near Raminskaya. According to Russian media, the fire, which broke out at a warehouse belonging to a local fertilizer company, was caused by negligence. Photos and videos circulating on social media appear to show a massive column of black smoke over the area. Meduza, a Latvia-based independent Russian news outlet, reported an explosion in Belgorod a Russian city near the border with Ukraine. The facade of a high-rise building and a number of cars were damaged. The Russian MOD reported multiple interceptions of drones over Belgorod Oblast on the 13th, but made no mention of any damage or casualties. Now on to news worldwide. 
pro-Russian propagandist and discredited former Fox News host Tucker Carlson has accused Ukraine and its government of religious persecution of its own Russian Orthodox citizens, going so far as to refer to Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, who is Jewish, as a, quote, persecutor of Christians during a thinly veiled anti-Semitic rant in 2022. Carlson insists that Ukraine had been trying to, quote, ban an entire religion, the Ukrainian Orthodox Church, end quote. Carlson seems to have missed the part where Orthodox Christianity is doing just fine in Ukraine and is a religious majority in the country. The Ukrainian Orthodox Church is, however, split between two patriarchates, the smaller of which is the Moscow Patriarchate, a church, not a religion, with close historical institutional ties to the Russian Orthodox Church, effectively an arm of the Kremlin. Throughout Russia's full-scale invasion of Ukraine, clergy of the Ukrainian Orthodox Church Moscow Patriarchate, let's call it the UOCMP, have not only expressed sympathies with the invading force, but have actively aided Russia in both informational and conventional warfare in Ukraine, to the extent that Ukraine has had to intervene. Investigations into the UOCMP's collaboration with the Russian military uncovered pro-Russian propaganda, Russian passports, and chauvinistic literature on church premises. Think Crimea has always been Russian and Ukrainian Nazis. Oh, and that Russia is the best country in the world, saving Ukrainians from Zelensky. Ironically, Russia has a long history of persecution against religious minorities, including minority denominations of Christianity both in Russia and in Ukraine. Also, attacks on Jehovah's Witnesses, Protestants, Catholics, and followers of the Ukrainian Orthodox Church. In a recent interview about the NATO summit in Vilnius, Lithuania, Ukraine's ambassador to the United States, Oksana Markarova, stated that, quote, In the U.S., a substantive discussion about Ukraine's NATO membership has begun. It's not about whether it's time to talk about it now, but about how and when it will happen. This is in addition to concrete achievements such as launching the Ukraine NATO Council and the declaration of G7 countries regarding security commitments, end quote. Markarova acknowledged that the process will be demanding, but emphasized that this is a top priority that the embassy has already begun working on. Finally, let's talk military tech. According to an article in Defense Express, Germany's reticence to provide Ukraine with Taurus cruise missiles could have less to do with political or diplomatic concerns over the long-range capability and more to do with insufficient supply. Apparently, Germany has only 150 currently in service out of an original order of 600 back in 2002, and Defense Express notes that it is far from certain that all 150 declared cruise missiles are operational. Some assessment here. This isn't the first time a NATO partner has committed equipment to Ukraine only to have to walk it back due to a lack of functional inventory we wouldn't be surprised to see a significant uptick in defense spending across the alliance as nations continue to realize how much they may have overestimated their preparedness. Hackers from Russia's intelligence services are targeting Starlink satellites with custom malware, according to Ukrainian intelligence, apparently in an effort to spy on Ukrainian troop movements. Russia might have already started manufacturing Giran-2 UAVs, its own domestic version of Shahed drones, which were previously imported from Iran, according to an investigation by Conflict Armament Research, CAR, utilizing remnants of two Russian drones intercepted by Ukrainian forces in late July. Per CAR's investigation, the drones rely heavily on components produced in at least seven different countries, 
including China, the US, and Switzerland, by at least 22 different companies. Further proof that Russia is managing to circumvent Western sanctions and importing Western-produced components through third-party nations. German arms manufacturer Rheinmetall will be delivering a newly developed state-of-the-art reconnaissance drone to Ukraine by the end of 2023. The Luna NG system consists of a ground control station, a launch catapult, military trucks, and of course, the drones themselves. Off note, the Luna NG can be used not only as a reconnaissance system, but also to intercept or jam communications. While reports of delays in F-16 pilot training continue to mount, rumors have begun circulating that France could transfer Mirage 2000 aircraft to Ukraine for use with the Scalp EG cruise missiles that were recently received by the AFU. There is chatter on social media, albeit without any evidence, that the aircraft are already in use in Ukraine. Our research assistant, John, callsign Grumpy, made the following assessment, quote, I love me some Mirage 2000. End quote. Sorry, think thick Newfoundland accent when he says that? I just can't do it. Canadian armored vehicle manufacturer Rochelle has committed to delivering over 1,000 Senator high-tech armored personnel carriers to Ukraine by the end of the year, with 550 already delivered. Rochelle reportedly hired about 80 Ukrainian refugees in order to help fulfill the contract. And that's the brief for today. Remember to check your sources and don't fall for propaganda. Join us on YouTube and TikTok for more Ukraine content and live news reports. And please, consider supporting our work in Substack. You'll find the links in the description. We'll be back tomorrow with more updates. Until then, мирного вам неба!